At least do something! Do! Don't think, Mick! Don't hope! Do! At least you can come off and say, I did this! Or I shivered! Or I played on! At least I did something! Bearboy to put them in front! He doesn't miss! Look at the big up! Look at the turn! Oh, that was brilliant! Look, Bruce! Gee, it's a good kick! It is a great kick! It's one for the ages! O'Brien, some candy! And then a goal! Lewis runs into the open goal! Thank you very much! The Hawks are back in town! Welcome, one and all, to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast as we pay tribute to a true legend of the Hawthorne Football Club, a man who made the club what it is today, John Kennedy Sr., who passed away aged 91. We've got a show lined up for you, and we're here to do what we do best and entertain you for an hour or so, but for now, we're just going to take a moment to celebrate Kanga's life and his incredible legacy. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me is my co-host on what has been a sad day for the club. G'day, Tiz. Yeah, it's a sad day. It's a sombre day, but it's a day to reflect on just what kind of impact an individual can have. He's just installed the foundation of our club that we love, and I mean, he arrived as a young man, Hawthorne lost every game he played in in his first year, and then from then he just built it around him you're so right even in those early days what he contributed to Hawthorne as a player was quite remarkable I mean between 1950 and 59 which weren't easy years for the club we're talking about a four-time best and fairest which kind of set the tone (laughs) his CV started there and only got more impressive and in that period 1957 that's the first time we played finals I mean, we debuted in the competition in 25, so that's a, a long time. <laughs> and listeners, you can hear all about that in our history podcast. If you traipsed back through the archives, you can find that one. Yeah, that's a while ago now, isn't it? But he um, he's more famous after he finished his playing career, isn't he? As coach in the trench coat, um, fantastic orator, just amazing how he could get what what, what seemed to be extraordinary efforts out of these players. But we know he made the Kennedy Commandos. He had them doing huge amounts of physical work over the summers down on the Portsea Back Beach, up through the, what were they, was it sandbags on their shoulders and running the dunes? I mean, they were the fittest. And then in 61, they finally took home a flag at the first time of asking, which is just an incredible effort. He just, the values he instilled in those players... I think, have uh, echoed through the years. The epitome of inspiration. He's a textbook coach. He's the kind of coach you'd write into a movie. That's what legacy we're talking about here. That's the kind of thing we look at with 1961, 71 and 76. Everyone knows those famous words to the point where I don't even have to utter them myself. Everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's footy folklore. Yeah, you're not going to give it a crack? I might save it to the end, mate. <laughs> you know how coaches ask more of you, or leaders often ask more of you than they're prepared to give themselves? Well, John Kennedy wasn't like that. He uh, he wanted everyone to be part of the team, and he he needed discipline from you, and he needed integrity and that overriding will to win 
but he he did it he adopted it in his own life as well it, it it sort of pervaded who he was he lived as he wanted to live a philosophy that sort of um controlled how he went about his daily life really he was terribly disciplined in how he went uh through life and the impact he's had on not only Hawthorne but the North Melbourne Football Club and the wider AFL community is incredible. I was thinking about this today that in a roundabout way, he's the reason why this podcast exists, Tiz. The club wouldn't be what it is without him. We wouldn't have had the kind of success that we've had without him. And that trickles all the way down to where we are now. It's it's just his influence has been all pervasive and that's something else really. That's something to think about is... Uh... He died today at 91. Well, we won the premiership in 61, and he was coach at the age of 31 years old. Yeah, it is interesting. In 1960, when he came to coaching. That is pretty young to be leading men, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. When you think of a coach, you think of some grey-haired bloke in the box sort of extolling how you should be playing the game, but he, he wasn't like that. He must have been a very relatable figure. And perhaps that's why um, Jeans, who he met in the 71 Grand Finals adversaries, but um, Alan Jeans and then Clarko went to both Jeans and Kennedy to sort of get a feeling for the ethos of the club and and often spoke to them, consulted them, didn't he? Hmm. And I think that's what you take out of this. uh, A bloke who was so fantastic at oratory that he could get incredible... uh, will to win, a loyalness, courage out of his players that would put the fear into opposition sides. It's just that you can't ever let that be forgotten, really. You've got to keep that as part of the, what do you say, the bedrock that this club's founded on. I don't think it ever will be forgotten. It's just so valuable to who we are. Hmm. He gives us a sense of identity. The club released a statement via their website today reading, The Hawthorne Football Club is incredibly saddened by the passing of club and AFL legend John Kennedy Sr. John was a man of extraordinary humility and strong family values. He is not only woven into every thread of the Hawthorne Football Club's fabric, but he underpins the values that our family club is built upon. But it's remarkable timing, don't you think? His grandson playing 250th. Hawthorne had already announced they'd be wearing the, uh, the Kennedy jumpers on the weekend. Coincidence, or do you feel like they do you feel like they had an inkling that it might be time, it might be coming to the end for him? I'm just happy that uh, he got his thoroughly deserved legend status. Yes, yeah, I'm very pleased that they. I mean, look, his recognition was inevitable. Uh, I'm glad that it it occurred when it did, in hindsight, because uh, he got to enjoy that. He got to live to receive his due recognition. So I think that's fantastic. Jeff Kennett uh, also weighed in on this uh, tragic news, adding, John's impact on the Hawthorne Football Club will be eternal and his legacy will always live on at Hawthorne. So much of what Hawthorne is today is because of the foundations John laid in yesteryears. His booming voice will forever echo in the corridors of the football club and the legend of the man in the brown overcoat with a heart of gold will be passed down from generation to generation of the Hawthorne family. Do you think Clarko will be... uh, What's the word... Echoing John Kennedy Sr. this weekend in the pre-match address? I honestly don't know, mate. I, I don't know what you do as a coach in this scenario if you're Clarko because do you, do you channel it? 
how far is too far? What, are you burdening the players by highlighting it too much, or what do you do? I, I just don't know. It's obviously correct to honour him, but um, in terms of pure strategy, uh, I'm not sure how you play this one. I think they'd understand his commitment to the club. I think they'd honour that with their own commitment. I don't think there'd be any problem with uh, telling the players they they had an overarching value to Sunday evening's clash to play in the spirit of John Kennedy. <laughs> Pressure might be on just a little bit to try and uphold that ethos, but uh, I hope they do, mate, because that's what they're charged with. They've got to bring some spirit to this game and play like they want to honour the greatest figure in the club's history. Yeah, no pressure. No, no pressure at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, it's going to be really hard to move on from this, just in terms of the the structure of the show. Obviously, on this show, we like to have a few laughs, but uh, the wind might have been taken out of our sails a bit, so we'll just see how we go. I mean, it's it's a celebration, Yeah, really. His life is a fantastic life. He's accomplished a lot, and uh, we honour him for his efforts for our club and our our enjoyment in the club, and um, yeah, we wish his family the best, and it's a terrible time for them, Um, especially awkward time, given the circumstances, but, uh, you know, I'm sure the club will be there for them as well. Our condolences go out to the family, and uh, from both of us, we thank John Kennedy Sr. for his outstanding contribution to this football club that we love so much. Now, this football club, playing North Melbourne at Marvel Stadium, Sunday, 6.10pm. I'm glad they pushed it back that five minutes, Tiz, because I did have that clash, as you know. So um, it's a good thing I'll be able to sit down and watch it now. Yeah, it's a bit odd. Uh, it's kind of peculiar sort of stuff to release a have a media release of a five-minute delay. I don't know. Could have probably let that go. Do, do you know why it happened? Do, did we get a reason for the change? Or No, I don't know. It's just so weird. Anyway. We've hit record when uh, the squad's just been announced. We did that very deliberately because uh, we wanted to have plenty to talk about in terms of the team and uh, who's in and who's out. So at the moment, we're looking at a squad that uh, the inclusions are Puopolo, Morrison, Lewis and Jones. Ooh, Jones. How exciting. Yeah, I thought you'd like that one. I mean, it is a squad, so... He's named last. Is that any significance? Or have you done that yourself? You always do this. I put him last, but it doesn't mean a thing. I don't think where they are on that interchange, on the extended bench, means anything. You insist that it does. I don't think it does. I'd be fascinated to hear from listeners if they want to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter what they think, but I don't think it counts for anything. Come on, it must mean something to the players where they're... Where they are on the list, they must think. You know, oh, I've been put to the bench this week. What does that mean? You've got four players there. Who, in your opinion, is most likely to play? Uh, Frost at full forward, mate. <laughs> I did see that, yeah. What's he doing there? Did he think we were too tall in defence? Is this his go at Brown? Look, if anything, this bolsters my argument that team sheets don't mean squat. Clearly, Frost isn't going to line up at full forward. You can't tell me that Patton being named last on the bench is happy about Frost being at full forward, Chief. <laughs> anyway. It's not a thing. I'm telling you it's not a thing. <laughs> Come on, give me your answer. I've said four players there. You've got four players. Who's most likely to get a game? Oh, Mitch Lewis, I think. I think we need the marking power of Mitch. Good. Well, at least you're consistent. My hat's off to you. You're consistent. 
you've pointed out that Patton's last on the bench there, so you've gone, oh, well, obviously, that means Mitch Lewis is in. Well, he's first on the interchange. I tell you what, there's going to be egg on my face uh, at about Friday, 5.30pm, <laughs> <laughs> when you end up being right. Look, he, uh, I'm very excited for Harry Jones. I'd love him to be going through the middle, as I think Cunnington will return to the lineup, And uh, he seems to play awfully well against us. And even if we just have Harry and uh, Shields sort of trying to stifle his impact um i think that'd be valuable to us but north you know they're an up and down side their effort wanes from you know one week they're absolutely slaughtering um gws and doing it with some style and then the following week without cunnington of course they're um struggling against sydney what do you think nick i know you this means a lot to you these north melbourne clashes but do you think uh we're in with a good show here yeah, I think we're in with a good show, for sure. I thought you were going to ask me who I think is going to play, and um, you know that my tip is with Mitch Lewis. I hope they make that switch. Uh, we'll get to some questions in a sec. I think a few of our listeners have touched on that. Um, something tells me that Puopolo somehow sneaks back in this week. I think they're going to look at the fact that North were a bit um, twitchy getting out of their back line, and they're, they're going to want to heap the pressure on Hawthorne, and I think Puopolo might be the guy to do that. Um, do I agree with it? Do I really want Puopolo to play? I, no. Uh, honestly, in terms of preference, I'd be looking at Lewis, Jones, Puopolo, Morrison in terms of my preference for who should be included in this team. North Melbourne have brought back your favourite man, Marley Williams. I don't think I've ever uttered the name Marley Williams in my life. Remember when Cyril made him look absolutely stupid that time? When he was still at Collingwood and Buckley hadn't, you know... Thrown out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. Okay, now it's all coming together now. You're probably right. He's a good <laughs> kick. I love watching him kick. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's get to the hard-hitting questions because I think Al has a very good point about the restricted time we have available to ourselves and the fact that Ben Brown can still take an absolute eternity for his stupid set shotting. Yeah, we thank everyone for your questions this week. It's great to hear from you. Uh, Al at Hawk Talk Pod, as Tiz rightly points out, will there be time to get a decent score on the board if Ben Brown gets two or more set shots? With shortened quarters, he's probably looking at 25% of each quarter being lost just to his run-up. Yeah, they're not doing anything about this. Um, they've still got that problem where if you're in the forward 50 or you're just outside the arc and you pretend you're having a shot, you get your 30 seconds... Then you pass it, and the next bloke gets his 30 seconds. They've got to do something about that. But uh, it's okay if Ben Brown doesn't really pass it, does he? He just... It is an awkward thing. I do hate watching it. Do you still not want Ben Brown at Hawthorne? You don't think he'd be any good? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. I've got to side with you on this occasion. I don't happen to think you'll be a threat to Hawthorne uh, this particular week. I think this is a time where... I might actually be in favour of the Ben McAvoy experiment. Yes, it certainly looks like it, it has an opponent this week, doesn't it? Although he's quite quick off the mark, so... Well, you're not expecting McAvoy to go with him. You just need him to plug the hole and bring the footy down, because I think Ben Brown is is a good mark, and just that intimidating physique. He's quite an athlete, so I think uh, we need that experiment to work and work well. And uh, I dare say that might rely a bit on Johnny Segler turning up, which he did last week. We need him to back that up again. Yeah, well, they've got a good ruck division at, at North, don't they? Goldstein had a fantastic set shot last week, which I really enjoyed. Um, if he didn't catch it, he uh, he took a mark in the forward pocket and then went back, and as he came in on his um, set shot run-up, 
he decided he might pass it, and then he had second thoughts about that, and he thought he'd he'd try and um, sort of right himself and kick towards the goal again, and he went out of bounds on the full, and he looked like an absolute fool. Jeez, how, how many thoughts are we up to? Second or third? That's the most he's thought in his life. Oh, you got to see it. It's hilarious. <laughs> anyway. We had a question from one of our listeners, George, about Goldstein at Hawk Talk Pod. The key to North is Goldstein. He's in great form. How do we minimise his input? I think Segler's pretty good for that. He he can he can run around the ground a bit. Um, we do rotate a few through the ruck, so he won't be able to work them over that way. Goldstein's not getting any younger either, so I just think um, as long as we break even there and we can keep down Cunnington, we should have the game across the park for them. They've got two debutantes named. Not sure whether either of them will play, but um, it'll be down to the coach probably. They're very equally talented, not equally talented, but they're very sort of well-matched sides, aren't they? Staying with the ruck division, uh, Stewie Bro at Hawk Talk Pod. Given we have Big Boy and Seggs as our premier rucks, why were Timio and Padden rucking last week? Yeah, it's an interesting question. They've brought in um, they've brought in Tom Campbell as well, North Melbourne, or they've named him, not sure he plays. But they're obviously mindful of how tall we are. And as we are going to be playing indoors, it could be really, really advantageous. I, I think Timio is pretty good. For, for pitching him with the ruck duties but I think we're agreed aren't we Tiz from stuff we've said before we'd rather that John Patton didn't partake so Johnny Patton's aim on the weekend will be to stifle Tarrant their best defender if he can keep him occupied that's a big win if he plays Tiz ah you play come on oh you've changed your tune in the space of 10 minutes yeah well I think I think you have to back Patton I mean he's had a long time out the game what I'm concerned about is I look I don't want him rucking so I don't see why he's doing that, as if Sigler can't cover the ground. I think that's a bit odd. Uh, but Patton, in rucking duties and on the Marvel Stadium turf, I just seems a bit more punishing than I'd like for John Patton at this point in his return. Are you worried about their tiny forward line? And it is tiny. You've got Hall, Taron Thomas, Zerha, Simpkin and Zebel. Can you take that again in English? Because I didn't recognise a word that you said there. <laughs> You really do hate him, don't you? I really do hate him, yeah. Who are these blokes? <laughs> I mean, I might be eating my words by the time we reach Sunday night, but I don't know who these guys are. <laughs> Circling back around to the question from Stewie Bro, why were Tim O'Brien and Patton rucking? I can only imagine it's to give relief to Segler. Maybe Clarko thought they might get a touch in the ruck. Who knows? <laughs> oh, there's some shade. <laughs> I mean, come on, the ball was avoiding them for large portions of that match, even if they did set up a few goals. You know, it's uh, these shorter quarters. You know, you just have to keep going the whole time if you want to be scoring at a high level. And I think substituting through and rotating through positions is a good idea. Jacob weighed in on Twitter at HawkTalkPod. After what Mitch Lewis did to North last time at Marvel, I think we have no excuses to keep him out of the side this week. You hear that, Tiz? No excuses. Mitch Lewis plays. Bada bing, bada boom. He's in. He beat the Premiers by, what was it, six goals? And I think you've got an excuse not to let him play. Um, no, what did he do last time, Nick? I don't quite remember. Uh, what did What did Mitch Lewis do against North? Well, I think it helped that he was given so much space deep in the forward line. He was left one out on a couple of occasions, and he made the most of it. I'll tell you this much, Tiz, to channel the most famous Crow supporter I know, Mitch Lewis kicked those goals right in front of me. 
<laughs> that was a good night, apart from the result. You're talking it up, aren't you? You think we've already won, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't think we've already won. I, I think it should be, as you said, quite an even match. But uh, I back our boys in. We can get the job done. All right, still on the topic of Patton, Jared says, Do you think people are expecting too much of Patton at this point in time? Three AFL games back, after all that time out, as an offshoot, can you think of any other players that took a while to warm into the brown and gold from other clubs? Wingard comes to mind. Now, I would have thought Wingard was one of the exceptions that just turned up and played quite well. He was injured for a while, but then he did play against North, or was it Melbourne? And he just showed up. It was uh, it was against North Melbourne. He booted three goals. Perfect. Uh, if you can do that again, as we know, three goals is a magic number. Yeah, that's the rule. No, uh, let's think back. Uh, Gibbo, he looked absolutely atrocious for long periods. Am I misremembering the fact that Frawley looked terrible at first? Yes, in that uh, in that first season in which he won a premiership, he did look bad early. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> like that's why it's so surprising. Uh, Lake. The only thing is, all these blokes are in the back line. Can, you, can we think of a forward that uh, took a little while to adjust? Not really. We sort of breed forwards, don't we? We don't really... That's what I was about to say. I can't really think of any because they've kind of just started at the club. But, well, Jack Gunston. Well, but even he didn't really take any, any time, did he? Oh, he looked good early. <laughs> I remember, I think his first kick for goal for Hawthorne. That was a beautiful kick from the boundary. Great goal. Almost immediately occurred to Hawthorne supporters as a giant heist from Adelaide. <laughs> so he doesn't count. I don't know. Apart from that, a lot of our forwards have been homegrown. So. Went unmentioned by Rusciuto, of course. <laughs> what is that guy doing? Um, just digging holes all over the place. He's not going to remember where all the bodies are, mate. That many holes, <laughs> you, you can't do it. The incredible thing about Mark Rusciuto and everything that's happened, uh, and I trust that we're Team Greenwood on everything that's happened, yes. Yeah, well, I've wanted him. Yeah, yeah, I wanted him at Hawthorne as well. Uh, The incredible thing about everything that's happened with Mark Rusciuto is you just don't feel like he's actually learned anything. Well, look, it's it's just not going to get any better for him while they're playing so badly. That's the crux of it. He, he's not going to win any Twitter wars while they're terrible. Anyway, we turn our attention back to... Uh, can we name any other players? I, I can't think it of It does any. take a bit longer for forwards, though, doesn't it? For you to gel with your teammates. You're very dependent. You can't get the ball yourself. You're judged on um, both presenting and finishing. And uh, you just have to get that that spark with your teammates that's so hard to identify. I can think of examples from other clubs. Uh, the one that comes to mind is Cloak at the Bulldogs. Do you remember that? That happened. Yeah, yeah. He didn't look too good for large portions, and then he looked really good other days. Look, uh, we've got to return to the start of Jared's question here because uh, he wants to know if we're being too hard on Patton. Not just us, but Hawthorne supporters might be expecting too much. Yeah, you have to give him breathing space. Got to give him breathing space. I think he'll get a week off, to be honest. I thought he played well against Richmond. Um, I think it gives Clarko the opportunity to rotate through a few forwards in a what is a condensed season. Uh, the enigmatic tiz always keeps me guessing. How many times have you changed your position this podcast alone? Is Padden playing? Is he not playing? Who's in? Who's out? You can't make up your mind, can you? I can't. If it were up to me, I'd probably let Patton have the week off. Okay, all right. So we kind of agreed on that. 
I wouldn't change Tim O'Brien out yet. You can't play all three of Lewis, O'Brien, and Patton. You've got to NBA jam style it. You've got to have just the two. Any two of those three. Clark is going to hear you. You also said last week, you said uh, you can't play McAvoy and Frost and... <laughs> See, the, the Mason's multi-curse is just spreading its tendrils. <laughs> you know what? My mouth is watering over coming to... Six o'clock at the end of the round, you've got all eight, and then it's North versus Hawthorne, and you're so aware of who you've tipped. <laughs> Let's find out. Well, no spoilers. We might get to Mason's multi later, if you like, when we go through the round. Oh, goodness gracious. Give the people what they want. No, we've still got some <laughs> questions to go through. The listeners have been kind enough to submit their questions, so I want to go through them. We heard from Enns at Hawk Talk Pod. Now that some time has passed, how do you think the Wingard for Burton and a pick trade is looking? Thumbs up, thumbs down, or need a bit more time? I noticed Burton was uh, injured on the weekend. He didn't play. Um, look, I think Wingard is certainly once-in-a-generation player. He can make things happen that other players can't. Um, I also think... They got excellent value with Rosie and Dersma in that year. Um, I'm not sure. I know Burton was very disappointed to go, but I think we've done all right out of that. You have to take a risk, and uh, I'm happy with Wingard as he is. Yep, I don't lose any sleep over that trade. That is perfectly fine with me. I certainly... It's thumbs in the middle or thumbs up from me. I was thinking the other day, all the players we've taken from Adelaide, not just Adelaide, but Port Adelaide as well. There's a lot of players. And they've played in premierships. Incredible. Anyway, PJ writes in and he says, What are the chances the beautiful Finn plays this year? Be good to use this season to give him a few games to him and Day. Who would go out? Now, if we're talking about Finn, I'd be putting him on the wing, rotating him through half forward, so I'd be looking at Hendo or Smith or one of the wingmen we've got running around. Um, And Day... Well, he loves to play behind the ball, doesn't he? He's a beautiful distributor. Day for mine would be in calculations with um, the sort of position that Morrison is fighting for. Uh, And as for Finn, yeah, I'd use him on the wing, and I completely agree. Hendo would be probably the player i take out. Stalking Hawk says, What are the main obstacles to having the Hawk Talk podcast commentate scratch matches, and how can this community help you overcome them? What? It wants us to get down to... Well, they played at Punt Road in the past week. There's a lot of open space in that game. Um, I've never seen that much open space at the Punt Road Oval. I can't help but feel there weren't that many players. Like, there wasn't a full team going around. Is that right? Correct. I think there were 14 aside. Okay, good. (laughs) It looked like the pressure was real low. But anyway... Oh, that'd be fun. I'd love to do that. I'd I'd certainly love to hear you give it a go. I reckon your golden tonsils would uh, relish the chance to call Finn kicking it long to... Mitch Lewis, mate. Yeah, it'd be great. Whoever's in charge of that stuff, get in touch. Uh, I don't think I could call a game. I'm special comments. I, I can't keep up with the action. Oh, I didn't realise that was a requirement. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Not lately, mate. I remember Rex Hunt used to have this ability of only calling players surnames, and you sort of knew the flow of the game. It was an incredible ability he had to be able to inject what was basically a schoolmaster's roll call with energy. So imagine, you know, Keegan Brooks. Do you want to do it? I'll just Keegan Brooksby. He taps it out to, to Finn, who goes long to Mitch Lewis. I mean, I would love for that to be the actual commentary. You sound like you're at the snooker or darts or something. 
yeah, you know, Keegan Brooksby taps it down and it's a bit of a handball there and uh, he's going to send it down to Mitch Lewis and there it is. That's a mark. He'll go back and uh, have a look at the goals here. He'll be keen to put one through and he has. Well done, Mitch Lewis. <laughs> tell me you don't want more of that. How relaxing is it? Jeez, I tell you what, I mentioned Keegan Booksby there, but he did look quite good in that game. He did, as a, as a ruck and forward target. Took a couple of good contested marks, and uh, Harry Jones kicked a nice little goal, roving the pack. Probably my favourite goal of the day, that one. That was silky smooth. Yeah, here's another bit of a tongue-in-cheek question, but I think... This is even more desirable than the previous go. Uh, PJ asks, can we petition the club or crowdfund for Nick to go to the North game? I would love to go. I mean, obviously, being that there's no one else there, it it would be a bit eerie. But then that is typically a North home game. And (laughs) God, I've been to plenty of those at Marvel. So I kind of know what it's like by now. It, It wouldn't faze me to be there with no one. I'd love to see you there, Nick. One man cheer squad just absolutely giving it to Tarrant and Marley Williams as they try to kick it out of the back line. I mean, it sounds good in theory, but then I think about the the kind of research I'd have to put in to actually learn who these North players are. and (laughs) I have to get their names right. It's just really annoying. I mean, I do see the appeal, though. I mean, you haven't seen Happy Gilmore yet, have you? After all these years, you still haven't seen that film. I did make a commitment to see it, and I never did. It's quite true. Listeners will know what I'm talking about. I'd be like that guy that Shooter McGavin hires to put off uh, Happy Gilmore. Just standing in the in the stand saying, Miss, you jackass. <laughs> Why don't you just rant at them? You just have a pre-prepared rant and give it a go. Was, uh, you could probably get the whole thing out while Ben Brown ran in. To be quite <laughs> well, I'm glad you prompted me because uh, I couldn't resist, mate. I didn't have a rant last week and it's time that it came back, in my opinion. And what better moment, what better occasion than playing North Melbourne? All right, come on, mate. There's no banner, so they're probably going to use this as the proverbial banner as they run out onto the ground. Ah, round four. So we've come to the one occasion social distancing actually suits me just fine. Because, frankly, North Melbourne being surrounded by your dim-witted, mouth-breathing fans is a full-blown assault on the senses. It's all sneering, sniveling and snorting, chewing and slurping on overpriced snacks. You're so repugnant, I've petitioned for earplugs at the turnstiles. Not to mention clothespins for that pungent North Melbourne musk that could only be described as shame and disappointment. You want to know the silver lining of tuning in from home this time around? Not a single one of you will be there either. There'll be nothing but empty seats, so I won't even have to see even one tiny pixel of a North fan. Of course, that's most home games for you guys anyway, isn't it? Empty seats? I mean, who'd turn up to see a bunch of second-rate no-name schmucks feign relevance to the competition? This Sunday evening, by the final siren, there'll be only one team that matters, the mighty brown and gold. It's high time Hawthorne exercise that shin bone of spirit north, and when they do, it's going to be glorious. Well, no holds barred there. What's going on? Do you feel better now? I really spent some time <laughs> on that one. Like, just to take you inside my process, I really did weigh it up. And uh, I, th- I think one thing that I debated was quite a lot of that was just focused on their fans and how awful they are just in general and I thought "Mm, it's not really what the rant's about maybe I should focus a bit more on the players but then there's that problem again Tiz I just don't know who they are and I don't care now in other news the AFL have given us quite the leg up with our next couple of fixtures oh is that what you think okay that's interesting (laughs) I know some fans would probably disagree with you nah we've got Gold Coast and Essendon you know who are they (laughs) 
<laughs> Round six, Hawthorne versus Gold Coast at the MCG will take place Saturday, July 11th at 7.40pm. A night clash against Gold Coast at the MCG. Round seven, Essendon versus Hawthorne. They're hosting us back at Marvel Stadium Thursday, July 16th at 7.40pm. They're hosting us or we're hosting? Essendon are hosting us. There was a lot of confusion around the leaks of this particular Round seven fixture. I've seen sources that had us at the MCG, and I've seen sources that had Hawthorne hosting Essendon at Marvel, which would have been just outrageous. But uh, no, it ended up being Essendon actually hosting Hawthorne at Marvel Stadium. So all's well that ends well. Uh, It's good to have a home game at the MCG, though, isn't it? Yeah, so after North, we have GWS on the Sunday night again, and then we have Hawthorne versus Gold Coast on the Saturday and then round seven, we play the Thursday night against Essendon. Now, we can only hope that they have the three in nine in that period. Is that right? The three games in nine days. Because they've got to play three games in nine days, yeah. Well, look, mate, Essendon's just a really well-run club. I'm sure they'll be up to the task. <laughs> God. Talk about dodging a bullet. A cannonball, even. Bloody hell. Yeah, there's all sorts of conspiracies around that, Nick. Uh very, very strange. Uh, who are we to believe? Anyway, I'm uh, I'm very pleased that they're both okay, and uh, I can't help but feel that I've got to support James Stewart. Is it James Stewart? In him uh, taking on a QC to get, you know, out of quarantine. I think that's something the public can all get behind. I would hate for anyone to just sweep this under the rug. Oh no, we've um. We've been a bit lucky. The the AFL itself has been lucky, and it shouldn't have any impact on the on the season other than a few um, reschedulings. So that's great. Yeah, they dodged the worst case scenario. Not only Essendon, but the comp in general. And geez, yeah, it would have really it would have hit the proverbial fan if uh, it had it turned out the way everyone feared. But anyway. Uh, look, we're, we're kind of looking into the crystal ball with these round six and seven games when we probably should focus on this week, like I've done with my Mason's Multi. Now, have you pre-prepared this? Is this... Yes, uh, I've already lodged my tips because as we're recording this, I think, the, well, the game's actually underway, Sydney and Bulldogs, so I've already got my tips in. All right, let's hear them. Did you go with Sydney? We doing the Kennedy special? Yeah, Sydney win. Into your Friday night special, Nick. This is uh, where we get to fund... The Kennedy Centre, GWS versus Collingwood. I've gone with Collingwood for the straight win. I've picked no margin there because GWS were bloody awful. Ah, Nick. Couldn't you pick a margin? I mean, it it just makes it all the more delectable. (laughs) Anyway, Saturday, Port Adelaide versus West Coast Eagles. Uh, I've gone for Port Adelaide. Uh, St Kilda versus Richmond in the afternoon. Dusty's back, apparently. If Richmond are any good, if they're a half-decent club... Uh, which is what I've heard. I mean, they were bound for a dynasty, weren't they, Tiz? They must be all right. Uh, they won't produce the kind of performance that they did against Hawthorne, and St Kilda looked woeful as well against Collingwood. So th- this one was hard to tip, but I went Richmond for the for the pure and simple reason that I just don't believe a team of their calibre is going to lay down again. Collingwood's defensive game was terrific against St Kilda. I couldn't believe that they were so poor, really. Well, Collingwood were last year the number one defensive side in the comp. I think we were number two, so... Yeah, I just thought St Kilda would put up a bit more effort. Now, Essendon play Carlton. Oh, I so desperately wanted to tip Carlton, but I couldn't do it. I went with Essendon. Pitnet won't be happy, mate. All right. Suns play Dockers? Uh, the Suns. 
who are yet to face any quality opposition. Yeah, come on. Can't you put a little bit of life into this multi? Get the Frio on board? You're the one who says I should just be focusing on winning. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes, no, that's fine. <laughs> Brisbane versus Adelaide. Well, it's got to be Brisbane, and I couldn't tell you by how much. Melbourne, Geelong. Geelong. Disappointing. And Hawthorne North. Are you doing the Ash Brown special, the 10 points? No, again, I've got no margin. The only margin I picked for the entire round was literally Sydney. Um, I've tipped Hawthorne, which I know our listeners are going to hate. <laughs> but uh, sorry, I had to tip Hawthorne. Again, I'm one for poetry. I'm one for sentimentality. And I just think we've got to get it done with the news of the day, mate. Um, I hope that's enough to spur us on to get the four points. Not a draw. A draw would be actual poetry. I'll give you that. Do you want to know how much I'm winning? You glossed over that. No, we're not encouraging gambling here, you know, okay? so it's just... Well, we're not encouraging this kind of gambling in any way. It clearly doesn't work. In fact, this is a way of showing people that gambling just don't work. Yeah, Mason's Multi is a community service. <laughs> $80.93, hopefully, will go into my pocket. Love the game, not the odds, Nick. Thanks, Luke Bruce. And Langers. Don't forget Langers. Oh, right. Yeah, well, how could I? Remember that? You'd be sitting at the G and... Um, I remember one time he did have a shot at goal and they put up that advertisement of him having a shot for goal with love the game, not the odds. It's just and you're, and you're sitting there like, yeah, no danger of me loving the odds. <laughs> exactly. It was just such a... It was just the most... It was the ultimate shade from the scoreboard. Well, that's going to be the show for this week as we look ahead to Hawthorne North Melbourne at Marvel Stadium on Sunday night at the uh, fantastic time that we all love, 6.10pm. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HawkTalkPod is where to find us. Uh, it's always good to read your tweets after a win. I think the community was particularly important today after the uh, the devastating news and the loss of a club great. Um, it, it was just really good to have that community in what was such a difficult time. Uh, that was also the case for Facebook too, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. Patreon is the place to support the show. Uh, thanks to our newest subscriber, Barry. We have a returning subscriber in Pam as well. Thank you very much. And Apple Podcasts, it does make a huge difference when you rate and review the show. And uh, we're going to do some shout-outs and reviews right now. We've got the first one from Stewie Bro. He says, The pod is the best thing to listen to after every round. Win or lose. Insightful. In the case of Tiz and Essendon, insightful. How am I meant to do this, Nick? I can't read it out with the spelling change. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and entertaining, all rolled into one. Fantastic effort, Nick and Tiz. Keep up the cracking work. Five stars. Thank you, Stewie, bro. And we've got another one here from uh, Pablo Chocolates. I'll get you to read this one out as well. Love the podcast. All the heavy stuff, all the light stuff. Superficial and in-depth. You guys span it. <laughs> Five stars. I think that's true enough. Now, this one requires better delivery, Nick, so I will hand over the reins. This one was really important to both of us, and I think it's really important today. So I think what might appear to be self-indulgent at first, um, hang with us, we'll arrive at a point. This one's from Temple underscore 97. Nick and Tiz break down the news, good and bad, surrounding the Hawks, the greatest team in football, as well as the wider AFL. They both provide an outlet where you feel like you're sitting right there in the bay with the Hawthorne faithful. In times where we're all missing what makes football great, the podcast brings together all fans to celebrate what football adds to our lives. They give it straight and have a chemistry that is unmatched despite their lack of in-person contact. I love these boys and the Twitter community for what they provide, and it leaves you never feeling like you're watching the game alone. Hawthorne is the family club, and the Hawk Talk Pod is a great example of the family that our club is so proud of. 
I wanted to read that out, Tiz, because I feel like the family club is the kind of thing that was instilled by the greatest figure of the brown and gold. Yeah, that's right. His values are what we're all enjoying now, and it, it shows that that kind of principled leadership and um, that people can respond to and embrace themselves and are able to bring into their own lives, and he's changed a lot of young men. It's a, it's a huge responsibility being a coach, especially of a club that hasn't been successful and bringing them success. It's a huge achievement. And, um, yeah, we just... Doff our cap to John Kennedy Sr. as he as he leaves us. And uh, it'll be a bit sad without him for a while, but this will continue beyond him, especially his son has a major role in the club still. And um, that's what we wanted out of this podcast as well. We wanted to enrich the Hawthorne community. That's right. I hope in some way we can carry on that spirit that he brought. Um, just don't misinterpret that as us patting ourselves on the back. That wasn't the point at all. I just think it was a very timely review from Temple underscore 97 there, and it meant a lot to both of us, and especially with the news of the day. Um, I think it was really important to highlight that this is the family club and community is super critical um, to enjoying the game and getting through loss of all kinds, whether it's the game or when you do lose such a figure like uh, John Kennedy Sr. We'd all love to be coming together at the ground on Sunday to celebrate his life and his efforts and his impact on us. But uh, it's not possible, so um, we'll leave it till later. And we'll rally around each other online, as we've done for a few years now. Hope that continues. Uh, Tiz, I want to thank you for um, hitting record this evening, because I know that when the news hit, the wind was taken out of my sails, and I wasn't sure that that we would, <laughs> that we would actually continue with the show tonight. Oh, no. Well, it's it's unexpected news. There's a bit of shock to it, but uh, he had a great life. And I I don't think it's for us to sort of dwell on the negatives for him. Um, he certainly got the most out of the, out of the bad. And I think that's something we can all look at doing. Doing being the operative word there, Nick. Well, mate, thanks again. We look ahead to Sunday now. And uh, I hope it is a day of celebration, not only for the team, but of the life of a man that was so critical to this football club. I hope we can uh, all celebrate by the final siren and look back fondly at what he gave. Until next time, there's only one thing left to say, mate. Don't think, don't hope, do! We are a happy team at Hawthorne.